1: The U.S. Preventive Service Task Force recently recommended that colorectal cancer screenings begin for adults at age 45 instead of the previous standard for screenings that began at age 50. With this morning to talk about this issue is Dr. Rachel Isaka, Assistant Professor with UW Medicine and a Health service, Services Researcher with the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. Good morning, Dr. Isaka.
0: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having. Thanks for being here, uh, Dr. Isaka. Colon cancer is the third leading cause of cancer deaths in both men and women, and the standard age for colon cancer screening simply has been fifty for some time now. You know, why did they decide to lower the age to forty-five, and why should members of the African American community pay attention to this new directive?
0: So. The age was lowered because since the early 1990s, essentially what we've seen is about a 50% increase in people being diagnosed with colon cancer between the ages of 20 and 49. And that is what informed the guidelines to reduce the age from 50 to now starting at 45. Why African Americans in particular should pay attention to colon cancer is because it's one of the leading causes of death in the African American communities. Additionally, black people are 20% more likely to be diagnosed with colorectal cancer compared to other races and ethnicity groups, and when they are diagnosed, they're 40% more likely to die from this disease. So it's very important that African Americans know about colon cancer, know about their family history, know about the symptoms of colon cancer, and when they need to start screening.
1: Right. And... Dr. Isaka, I, I understand that this new benchmark has the potential to create capacity issues for the U.S. healthcare system as a whole. Is that correct?
0: That's right. Um, so, Chris, this new guideline will mean that there are about 20 to 22 million Americans who were previously not eligible for colon cancer screening, but who now are. And here in the United States, the most, common screening test is the colonoscopy. But most places across the country simply don't have that capacity to perform colonoscopy on all these newly eligible people. So fortunately there are many different ways to screen for colon cancer, including a stool based test. And I think this guidance will mean that we'll need to start using those tests more often.
1: All right. And Dr. Usaki, um, what are some of the symptoms uh, as it relates to colon cancer that people should be aware of.
0: Absolutely. So so far you and I have been talking about average risk screening, and that means that people are not having symptoms, which may be seeing blood in your stool, seeing a change in the appearance of your stool, so where stool was normal before and then becomes really, really quite thin, um, having unexplained weight loss or unexplained abdominal pain. All of those could be symptoms that suggest colon cancer. And regardless of what age you are, if you're having those symptoms, you should speak to a doctor about being evaluated. The other thing I'd want to mention is that for those who have a family history, these guidelines aren't, you know, targeting you. If there are people in your family who were diagnosed with colon cancer at the age of 60 or younger, and in particular parents and siblings and or children, then that individual should also begin screening earlier. So talk to your doctor about the right age for you. When we mention the screening reduced age from 50 to 45, we're really talking about folks who don't have symptoms and folks who don't have a strong family history.
1: Right. And, um, Dr. Osaka, let's talk a little bit about black folks specifically uh, because I understand the screening rates for African Americans are fairly low, and I think you mentioned before that we're uh, 40 times more likely than other ethnic groups to die from colorectal cancer.
0: That's right. So uh, African Americans have one of the lower colon cancer screening rates in the country, and it's thought that this uh, low screening rate could actually explain up to 50% of the reasons that we see this 40% difference in mortality or survival once you're diagnosed. Um, One of the, you know, there are many reasons for this. Um, One being, you know, black people are less likely to know their family history compared to other racial and ethnic minority groups. Um, Insurance can sometimes be a significant barrier. And one of the advantages of this new guidance is that this body, the USPSTF, that makes um, recommendations around care, whenever they give a grade A or a grade B recommendation to something, it means that Medicare um, insurance has to cover it, Medicaid and often um, private insurance companies will follow suit. And by coverage, we mean that, you know, under the Affordable Care Act, folks should not have out-of-pocket costs associated with screening so i really am hopeful that this new guidance will at least um you know decrease that cost issue that is a significant barrier for a lot of black people but we certainly need to get talking about our family history within black communities as well
1: right and um also i had a question to you about the impact uh that the covid pandemic has had on people as it relates to their healthcare care and health care screenings um i i read that a significant number of people did not get screened for colon cancer due to the pandemic. Can you kind of talk about that as well, Nana?
0: That's right. So when COVID happened and, you know, guidance from the national, um, from the government was telling everybody to stay home and, and be safe, you know, folks just instinctively canceled their screening tests. And, you know, in the spring of last year, colon cancer screenings and other screenings too, breast um and, and prostate and such all fell by about ninety percent. We know that for breast and cervical cancers, those numbers have bounced back, but for colon cancer it's still about fifteen percent less than where we'd like it to be. And even before COVID nineteen, we weren't at the screening goal that we needed to be as a country. So we have a lot of work to do. I'd like to encourage folks out there today that if you skipped your screening exam, especially for colon cancer, please call your health care provider today and get that scheduled. And certainly if you're having symptoms or have a strong family history, don't delay this, Im- this important um, preventative care.
1: Right. And, and Dr. Isaka, you know, I think a lot of people uh, in our listening audience, you know, they may not realize the impact that a, a delay in getting these screenings can have on them if they're like, well, you know, maybe I can put it off for another year, maybe another six months. Can you kind of talk about the uh, impact that delaying getting screened uh, for different things could have uh, on people as it relates to, um, you know, colon cancer or even other issues as it relates to that they probably should be getting uh, screened for uh, on a regular basis?
0: Absolutely, Chris. So with most cancers, the goal of screening is to catch the cancer at the earliest stage possible. We know that when cancers and colon cancer are caught at an early stage, that that's when folks do the best. And so that's the goal we're trying to achieve. And so, you know, while it might've been safe for you to delay it, you know, during the pandemic, I would really encourage folks to no longer delay because what you don't want to have happen is to come in and get diagnosed for a cancer at a later stage that could have been caught early because then the treatments, are you know more um, significant can have more side effects and the outcomes may not be as good and the same goes for other diseases as well right so you know even management of chronic diseases like high blood pressure and kidney disease the longer you go without treating those the more difficult it may become for your you know for your healthcare team to get um, that condition under control
1: mm-hmm. and Dr. Isaka I think you mentioned earlier about in home testing. Um, and said um, that can probably uh, help as well. You know, what is the best way for people to go about um, in-home testing? I know I, I believe uh, there's some um, testing kits that people can uh, order, uh, you know, online, might be over the counter, um, or should they rely on uh, having those come directly from their healthcare provider?
0: I would really encourage uh, folks, first to talk to their healthcare um, team. Um, you know, there are different types of at-home tests. Most of them are stool tests, and so you're just taking a really small amount of your stool and it's looking for amounts of blood that you can't see with the naked eye. But the most important thing about these tests is that if it's an abnormal test, you want to get a follow-up colonoscopy to make sure that there isn't any early-stage cancer or polyps that could be bleeding. And so by doing these tests through your healthcare care provider's office, they can make sure that they get that result back to you and that they help you get in to schedule that colonoscopy that's so critical if you have an abnormal stool-based test.
1: Mm. Right. And, and Dr. Yusaka, in an editorial that you wrote that appeared in the Seattle Medium newspaper and online at seattlemedium.com, you outlined three things that, uh, to make a difference, uh, including talking about colorectal cancer. You know, how important is it for uh, friends and families to have these conversations in our community um, particularly uh, around healthcare care and health care issues and in this uh, conversation you know as it talks about or relates to you know cancer and specifically colorectal cancer.
0: Chris I can't stress this enough um, a lot of times you know within black communities we don't talk about you know diseases we don't talk about what um, our grandmother or grandfather might have died from we and that information is really, really important, especially when it comes to disease like colon cancer and for many other diseases, because it may change the age at which you need to begin doing that testing to reduce your risk of getting that disease. So, you know, we have I have a great friend. Her name is Candace Henley. She um, runs the Blue Hat um, Foundation, which is a, a, an advocacy group for black people who are diagnosed with colorectal cancer. And she often says that, you know, fam- family secrets, you know, um, can lead to killing folks in the family. And so we need to just have these conversations because it really can be life-changing.
1: Right. And Dr. Isaka, I, I know that you've been involved with um, quite a few studies as it relates to colorectal cancer. I, there was one recent study I think that you actually led. You know, with with that being said, you know, what are some of the um, uh, the takeaways or the important takeaways from some of the studies that you've been involved in uh, recently that people should be aware of, especially as it relates to some of the statistics and things of that nature.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, Chris, as I mentioned earlier, what, we're as a country trying to hit 80% of people who need to be screened getting screened, and we're not there yet. So one of the most important take-home messages I can have for the audience today is if you are not having symptoms, if you don't have a family history and you are 45 years or older, Please talk to your doc today, talk to your healthcare team about getting screened with, for colon cancer. The second thing I want to mention is that there are many options to screen for colon cancer, the colonoscopy and stool-based tests. Pick the test that's right for you. And then the third thing I want to mention is that if you use a stool-based test, which many folks do, and it's a, it's a good test, if your result is abnormal, don't ignore that result. Please talk to your healthcare team about getting that follow-up colonoscopy it could really save your life. And then the final thing I want to mention is that we need to have these conversations with our relatives. Let's talk about why folks in the family died and what they passed away from, and let's talk about how that might impact our behavior and what um, testing we need to get done to stay healthy.
1: Well, Dr. Isaka, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. I also want to thank you for the editorial that you had uh, written that appeared in the Seattle Medium and is online at com. I thought it was very timely. I thought it was very informative. I just want to thank you for uh, continuing to try and uh, educate and inform our community uh, about uh, colorectal cancer and some of the things that they can do to make sure that they live a healthy life for as long as possible.
0: Thank you so much, Chris, for having me, and I appreciate you and the uh, Seattle Medium for getting this information out there to the community.